This episode is brought to you by the Roster Up Media Network, home to tangible insights for the NFL and fantasy sports. Check us out at rosterupmedia.com. Hey, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Raven Up podcast. It has been a little while since we've had a new episode, but had some time on my hands this week and wanted to get back in the lab the lab of which is a desk in my bedroom, and get back in the lab and record a new episode. It's been a little while, as I've said, but had some extra time on my hands this week. Um, Been stuck at home. My wife has actually tested positive for COVID. Good news is she's doing all right. I've been all right the whole time, and our little one-year-old is doing well. So we're all good here, but had some extra time this week, so wanted to get back, get an episode recorded, and get back into getting these podcasts out. And A lot has changed in the Ravens' season since we've last talked, so we're going to get into all that. We're going to talk about the unfortunate game on Sunday versus the Bengals, talk about what the Ravens kind of have to do here to maybe make the playoffs, and just kind of recap what's been going on in the Ravens' very, I don't even know how to describe this 2021 season. I thought 2020 2020 was crazy enough, but 2021, I would say, is just, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's been a roller coaster. The punches just keep coming. The Ravens, unfortunately, just keep taking the punches. And um, we may have had our, our knockout, our, our haymaker thrown by Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. But uh, hope everyone out there is doing well. Hope everyone had an awesome Christmas and was able to spend time with uh, with some family. Hope everyone out there is healthy and is just enjoying this holiday season. So let's get into our episode this week. To start out, we got to talk a little bit about the game on Sunday. And don't get me wrong, we're not going to spend too much time on this because it's honestly just not even fun to talk about. But this game, man, it's 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 been a tough season. And this was kind of like, okay, here's the game. If we can find a way to win, we are sitting in a decent spot to make the playoffs because of our division has no great teams. If we find a way to win on Sunday versus the Bengals, we were feeling pretty good about winning this division. But going into the week, kind of had a feeling like hoping the Mar may be able to play in this game after sitting out against the Packers the previous week. And come Wednesday, Thursday, no Lamar Jackson practicing means we're probably going to see Tyler Huntley. So I'm thinking, okay, this is this is not the worst case. Tyler Huntley played really well. He counted for four touchdowns versus Green Bay. We've got Tyler Huntley. Let's roll. Let's ride. We're going to find a way. He's going to be solid offensively, and we're going to find a way to win this game. And then come the Christmas tweets from Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter. Ravens quarterback Tyler Huntley is headed to the COVID-19 reserve list. Sick yesterday, now on the list today, he's out for Sunday. Merry Christmas to all the Ravens fans out there. Last year, I think it was actually on Thanksgiving, the Marjacks had tested positive for COVID. This year, on Christmas, it was Tyler Huntley. It was just a gut punch to get that news, to hear that, oh, you know, our backup quarterback who had played pretty well when our Pro Bowl MVP level quarterback got hurt. Now he's out. And Josh Johnson, I mean, nothing against Josh Johnson. He came in and did well, but we're going to be relying on Josh Johnson at quarterback, Devontae Freeman at running back, and Kayvon Seymour and Robert Jackson and Daryl Worley. We're going to be playing meaningful snaps in our secondary with our season on the line. I tweeted that out there and was just like, holy cow, this is what our season is going to come down to, playing – 
meaningful snaps in a huge game with some of those guys who I just mentioned. And it's just like, what are you going to do? You know, Ravens got off to a really good start in the first six, seven games of the season. They were finding ways to win close games, but you can't expect to win many games when you're counting on those players at key positions. Like, what are you going to do? So, I mean, this game, the Ravens came out. They, they looked all right. Uh, Josh Johnson kind of led a, a pretty nice touchdown drive. Shout out to Rashad Bateman finally getting that first touchdown catch, even though he should have had it against the Bears. Uh, or, no, that was against the uh, the Browns that game. But, um, yeah, they looked good early. And then it was just like, man, Joe Burrow, um, he's a solid quarterback. He, he's really good. And so is T Higgins. So is Jamar Chase. So is Tyler Boyd. And those guys were just winning their matchups against the cornerbacks who I just mentioned. Um, what do you expect? Like that's a solid offense and they're going to do that to a lot of teams. And even if Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters are out there, like those guys are going to win some matchups even against those guys. So what do you expect to happen? I mean, the game just, it's, it's stunk. There's not much else to say really. Um, again, Rashad Bateman had a, had a nice day or really it was just a nice first drive. He had, I think all of his catches on that first drive Then he was kind of quiet, but it was really nice to see him get that touchdown. Mark Andrews. I mean, that guy's a beast. His last three weeks have just been absolutely incredible. He now leads all tight ends in receiving yards and uh, has a good shot to do that, uh, to lead all tight ends in receiving yards this year, especially if Kelsey misses more time on the COVID list. But I mean, he balled out, had a touchdown over a hundred yards. He's just uh, really, really playing well. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't have a ton else to say, really. I mean, what do you expect to happen again with that sort of secondary against a good quarterback and three really good receivers? Um, I don't know why, really, that the Bengals chose to throw the ball 15 straight passes in the fourth quarter. There's been a lot of talk about this with uh, John Harbaugh and Zach Taylor potentially getting into it or not getting into it. I tweeted out a little bit. Obviously, it's been pretty controversial, but Joe Burrow said that, oh, no, you know, this is football. It doesn't matter. You know, they did the same thing to us last year, and that was the only issue. I mean, I have no issue with 15 straight passes. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. They were cooking Every single defensive back we had on the field, they were moving the ball. If that's what they want to do, hey, that's what they want to do. We got to call a place to stop it. Obviously, it wasn't working. But I'm not sure why they want to do that with their franchise quarterback who just came back from a torn ACL. Um, we, I think he got sacked twice during that stretch. He got hit a couple more times. To me, not very smart. But if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But why is Joe Burrow saying we did the same thing last year? I went and looked it up because I didn't remember that happening at all. Us throwing the ball so much with the Ravens uh, with a lead. So the first uh, matchup, the Ravens were up 20 to zero and they threw one incomplete pass and they ran the ball twice. And that was the end of the game. I think the Ravens scored on a defensive touchdown at that point, but that was it. So they were up 20 to zero. They threw one incomplete pass and ran the ball twice. And then in the season finale, which Joe Burrow did not play in, the Ravens were up 38 to three. They threw the ball once and ran the ball 14 times in the fourth quarter with Tyler Huntley at quarterback. So I just didn't really get why Joe Burrow was making it seem like the Ravens like ran up the score. They were like throwing the ball all over the fourth quarter. When again, they threw the ball once they ran it 14 times to kind of run out the clock and the Bengals weren't stopping the run. The Ravens were still picking up yards, but they were just running the ball. I mean, not to get, 
like, I don't want people to think I'm super salty or stuff like that. I just thought Burrow's comments were interesting, saying the Ravens ran up the score or they did it to us, which I went back and looked at the uh, play-by-play, and it wasn't really true. But don't need to spend too much time on that. It doesn't even matter, but everybody has their opinion on Twitter, and it definitely makes for some interesting comments. But not a ton else to say. Again, it uh, kind of sucked on Sunday watching that game. That was a slow, painful death. Uh, the Ravens just had nothing left to give at that point. Once uh, Anthony Avert went down uh, pretty early on, it was just, you knew what was coming, unfortunately. So um, again, I don't want to talk too much more. We're going to get into a couple of the topics this week on the podcast. So where do we go from here? Well, I'm recording this Monday night. The Ravens are currently in the seventh spot in the AFC standings. If the Miami Dolphins beat the New Orleans Saints tonight, the Ravens will fall out of that seventh spot and out of the playoffs. If the Saints can somehow get a win, and I'm not sure about the chances there because I think they had like 20 guys on the COVID list, but if the Saints can manage to beat the Dolphins tonight, the Ravens are still in a playoff spot, which is pretty crazy. But um, hey, as John Harbaugh said this week, we're going to get a bunch of guys back healthy, uh, a bunch of guys who are on the COVID list, and a couple guys who are uh, who are injured right now. We're going to get those guys back, and you never know what happens if you make uh, make it into the playoffs. You never know what's going to happen. I would love for the Ravens to make the playoffs. I don't know if that's going to happen, but next two weeks, we've got the Rams coming up on Sunday, and then we close the season uh, versus Ben Roethlisberger, potentially playing in his last game. Of, uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll call Ben Roethlisberger a Hall of Famer, potential Hall of, or a future Hall of Famer. So the Rams and then the uh, Steelers to end the season. And I'm pretty scared. I'm scared about the Rams. I'm not as scared about the Steelers, but you never know what's going to happen. But uh, yeah, Cooper Cup, Odo Beckham, Van Jefferson coming to town. You think those guys just watched what the Bengals just did? I think uh, Cooper Cup is like 200 yards away from breaking the NFL single season career or no i'm sorry nfl single season receiving yards for yeah just a single season uh he might do it on sunday <laughs> he might go for 200 or 250 or whatever he, uh, he needs to break the record for most receiving yards in a single season he might do it on sunday uh, against our terrible secondary uh, unfortunately just injuries covid and uh yeah that's what's gonna happen to our secondary so uh, yeah kind of scared about the rams we're going to need a much, much better performance from our defense to even have a chance. Um, yeah, kind of scared to see what's going to happen in that game. It will be at home, and we did just play the Packers pretty tough at home, so you never know what's going to happen. And the defense, I mean, listen, they have to play better. Everything that could have went wrong did go wrong. They didn't catch a break. There was a, you know, that jump ball to T. Higgins 50 yards down the field. It was just kind of felt like it was like a backbreaker. Like we were still in the game and then that happened and then we were done. There's another tough penalty call and, you know, that didn't go our way and we were just done. We've got to play better. We will play a little bit better, I'm sure. I don't know how much better, but it'll be interesting to see how the, the defense fares against another really good quarterback and receiving core on Sunday. And then, Hey, if you lose that game, it's okay because depending on what the other division does this week and next week, they would still have a chance to uh, find a way to beat Pittsburgh and potentially make the playoffs as a seventh seed or maybe even win the division if the Bengals will lose out. So that game against Pittsburgh is an interesting game to end the season. As I said, Ben Roethlisberger will potentially be playing in his last game of his Hall of Fame career. So that'll be really interesting to see, again, a divisional matchup. The Ravens 
haven't played great against the Steelers the past few weeks. So, uh, or I'm sorry, the past few uh, games in the earlier this year than last year. So I'm um, really interesting there, but I mean, again, like, what do you expect from the Ravens? If they can compete in these games, that's all I'm asking for. Uh, once Marlon Humphrey went down like, a couple weeks ago, maybe even a month now, uh, that made three of the four highest paid players on the team. So Ronnie Stanley is making like 20 million average per year. He played in one game this year. Marlon Humphrey, uh, he's at like 19 and a half, so just right behind Ronnie. And uh, Marlon went down, obviously, and is out for the season. Marcus Peters is third on that list, uh, $14 million per year. And he hasn't played all year, obviously, after tearing his ACL in training camp. So, I mean, that's three of your four highest paid players. Mark Andrews comes in at fourth, making $14 million. Um, he's obviously um, balling out, as I just said. But when you have three of your four highest paid players, paid players on IR. Um, I also saw about 25% of our entire salary cap is on IR. I mean, that's hard to do. That's, that's insanely hard to do. A quarter of our team is on IR in terms of our salary cap. So Marlon Humphrey, Ronnie Stanley, Marcus Peters, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Deshaun Elliott, L.J. Ford, Justice Hill, Derek Wolf, and you go on and on and on. Ravens have missed a total of 81 starts this season to injury. I actually recorded that stat a week or two ago, so I'm sure that's even higher now. Um, Yeah, not ideal. So if the Ravens can somehow surprise us and either beat the Rams maybe or beat the Steelers, hey, that's great. That'll put us in position to make the playoffs. But if not, it is what it is. What do you expect from this team? And I don't want the Ravens to lose out, but if they do lose these next two games, that just means we have a better draft pick and better uh, better capital to uh, fix this team once we get a couple healthy bodies back. Not a couple, actually. A ton of healthy bodies back, as we just mentioned, the names who are out. But, um, yeah, that's where we're standing. I wanted to kind of give an update on where we're at for these next two weeks and what lies ahead. But going to get into a couple more topics here. Thanks for listening. And if you're still listening um, at this point, if you don't mind, I would love to have you give a review or leave a five-star rating uh, on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the podcast. And uh, you guys are the best. One last thing I wanted to get into here this week was Coach John Harbaugh, his in-game decision-making, and how I feel about this. So this has been another hot topic over the last few weeks. Nothing was too controversial this week, obviously, because it wasn't a very close game. But Prior to the Bengals game, the Ravens had lost three really close games by a combined, wait for it, four points, three games. They've lost three games by four points, and then they got blown out on Sunday. But they lost a couple key games there, came down to the very wire on each and every one of those games. And I was kind of wanted to recap some of John Harbaugh's decisions and how his decisions have really given the Ravens the best chance to win here and in these games and it didn't work out in obviously those three games but he took a lot of flack and I don't really understand why he was taking heat for his in-game decision so first it was the Pittsburgh game the Ravens um, lost that game 20 to 19 Lamar Jackson did not play well for a lot of that game but um, one thing he did do was lead a Potentially game-winning, could have been game-winning. It would have at least been game-tying if the Ravens would have kicked an extra point. But he led a touchdown drive 
with the, about two minutes left or something along those lines. And I just see a lot of people um, being pretty hard on Lamar Jackson. Just a quick side note, a lot of people being pretty hard on Lamar Jackson right now. And I think it's just a, like people don't have very, uh, they don't have a great memory. They, they just, they want to be um, instantly pleased and just like, what have you done for me lately? And I understand that partially, but for everyone who is like, Oh, the Mar Jackson is cooked. The Mar Jackson is done. Defenses have figured him out. The dolphins like exploited him. Go back, watch that Steelers game, and watch that drive that Lamar led uh, against a pretty good Steelers defense to uh, tie the game or you know, could have potentially won the game uh, with the game absolutely on the line. He uh, was really poised, really played well that last drive there to uh, score a touchdown. And then, unfortunately, the Ravens uh, score a touchdown. So the score is 20-19. Uh, to 19. A extra point sends it to overtime. A two-point conversion obviously wins the game. The Ravens go for two. They unfortunately don't hit on a uh, a nice little play design from Greg Roman, uh, but the Ravens leave TJ Watt unblocked. He gets in Lamar Jackson's throwing lane and just throws the timing off a tiny bit, makes Lamar throw um, kind of outside of him, and it's not a completely catchable pass. Mark Andrews tried to reach out there with one hand and make a nice catch, and it just didn't work. Uh, Mark Andrews probably makes that catch like 50% of the time, to be honest. He's had some really great one-handed catches this season, but uh, it just didn't work. And so many people were like, oh my gosh, like how could you go for two, just kick the extra point and send it to overtime? But if the Ravens kick that extra point, send it to overtime, John Harbaugh sends back out his defense if he has to. I mean, maybe the Ravens win the toss, but... 50-50 shot there. And then he sends out his defense that had just given up like 17 points in the fourth quarter of that game. They had been given up 7.4 yards per play. Um, they had just lost Marlon Humphrey. So it's like, why are you even – like, why is this even a debate? You have two yards to get to basically win the game. There was like no time left on the clock in this one. No time left. So go for two. It's the coin flip to even if you – uh, to go going for two, it's like a 50% chance. Just go for two right now, win the game. And then if not, you lose, you don't get it. You don't get it. But if the Ravens would have went to overtime there, it's, you know, you're putting a defense that had just been, um, pretty gassed in the fourth quarter by the Steelers out there on the field. I, I the odds of winning in overtime to me, is just not very high. So that's one decision that coach John Harbaugh just, um, yeah, he put our team in the best position to win the game and, you know, maybe even steal a game there. Then after the Steelers game comes the Cleveland Browns. Lamar Jackson gets hurt early. Tyler Huntley comes into the game, has a couple of rough turnovers to start and then turns it on and leads the Ravens um, to a really close Loss. Unfortunately, the Ravens even recovered in the onside kick in this game, but then got stopped on fourth down. But there was a key point in the game. The Ravens were down by 15. They scored touchdown. They go for two. They do not get it. Everyone freaks out. Why is John Harbaugh always going for two? The Ravens aren't even getting it. What's the deal? Here's the deal. They were down 24 to 9, 15 points. If you're down by 15, you know you need a touchdown with a two-point conversion and a touchdown with an extra point to tie the game. So if you don't get the two-point conversion, you will need a third score there at some point. Wouldn't you want to know as early as possible if that's going to be the case? Wouldn't you want to know from the get-go if you need that third score? It's going to completely determine how you coach the game. It's going to determine how aggressive you are, uh, how quickly you go when you use your timeouts. That's why you go for two first. Go for two early, and then you find out what you need. 
if you keep the extra point first after the first touchdown and then you fail on the two point conversion with five seconds left, well, there's nothing you can do about it. You find out that you found out that you need three scores too late with the Ravens going for too early, even though they didn't get the two point conversion, they knew they were going to need that third score. That's why you go for it first. And then you figure it out as you go. So they scored a touchdown later on. They kicked the extra point as they knew they needed. And then they knew they needed one more score. So they got the onside kick. And then uh, unfortunately, uh, I think that was Denzel Ward just made a really good play on Rashad Bateman. Uh, I think it was some poor execution. The Ravens tried to run a little bit of like a rub route or a pick route. And the receiver, it might have been James Fershay, I forget who it was, but just um, didn't pretty much get in the way, basically. He didn't make it difficult for uh, for Denzel Ward there to uh, make the play on Rashad Bateman. The Ravens got stopped on fourth down and lost another uh, close game, unfortunately. But after the game, so many people were like, oh, why is John Harbaugh going for two so early? Well, you need to know if you need the third score or not. If you kick the extra point there and then you score another touchdown, then you need the two-point conversion to win and you don't get the two-point conversion with three seconds left or whatever it is, you've automatically lost. At least the Ravens knew what they needed and gave themselves a chance. And then after that, it was the Packers game. Again, same sort of situation there as the Steelers like two weeks ago. The Ravens scored late. They had a chance to go for two and pretty much win the game. This one was a little different because I think there was like 40 seconds left. And Aaron Rodgers had pretty much just been, again, like Joe Burrow. He had been just cooking our defense. So if the Ravens do go for two there and they said they get it to put them up, it would have been 30. It would have been 32, 31, I think, at that point. If they get that two-point conversion, Aaron Rodgers probably still gets a field goal out of that 40 seconds and one timeout. So, I mean, kind of a moot point at this point. But, hey, why not try to steal a game? Like, you know what you have at that point. The Ravens were pretty depleted. They were covering Devontae Adams with three players. Like, at some point, uh, that was going to burn them. Why not try to steal a game? Get get the two-point conversion there. And that one, it was just a little bit of a tough play. Uh, Huntley rolled out, and pretty much it was just one option there to uh, to Mark Andrews. And he was covered. They made a good play. They knew he was probably getting the ball. It is what it is. But I just really wanted to kind of get into those three decisions that John Harbaugh made where it didn't really work out. And now, because they didn't work out, the Ravens are on a four-game losing streak. But it is what it is. That's how the game goes. You're going to win some close games. You're going to lose some close games. But at least John Harbaugh is giving the Ravens the best opportunity possible and the best chances possible to win the game. The Ravens are extremely lucky, even though I think this is only like the fourth. Like It, it, it stinks right now. The Ravens are on a four-game losing streak. I think this is only the fourth four-game losing streak. Or, I'm sorry, second four-game losing streak in John Harbaugh's tenure here, which he's been around here for 13, 14 seasons. Um, it stinks right now, but I mean, hey, he is a great coach, and I just gave you three examples why he gives the Ravens a great chance to win week in and week out. So that's all I have this week. Just kind of wanted to uh, recap some recent thoughts I've had since I haven't been able to record a new podcast. But again, if you've enjoyed this podcast, give me a five-star review. Give me a comment. Give me a review, whatever's on your, uh, whatever your thoughts are, whatever you think. If you've been enjoying this, I would love to hear it. And make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. 
make sure you subscribe and um, shout out to uh, all the guys that roster up media. It's been, uh, it's been great being able to uh, interact and cover, cover the Ravens here. There's plenty of other teams covered. If you're interested in listening to uh, just great analysis about your favorite sports teams, which is the NFL or fantasy or daily or uh, whatever, whatever it is. So check us out rosterupmedia.com. Hope everyone out there has a great rest of 2021 and uh, yeah, here's hoping 2022 is a healthier, not just for the Ravens, but for the entire world. Hopefully it's a healthier year, but also a healthier year for the Ravens. And uh, we're not dealing with so many injuries and COVID and, um, you know, things like that next year. So have a great last few days of the year and we'll talk soon.